I'm Gregory Berg. The studios of WGTD are closed this week because of the holidays, so there is no morning show broadcast. But there is a morning show podcast for you to enjoy. This week, I am replaying memorable morning shows from earlier in 2022, interviews related to very specific and special events or occasions. One of them, a happy yet bittersweet experience, the last morning show interview I did with Brian Albrecht, the longtime president of Gateway Technical College, shortly before his retirement from Gateway took place. Here is that final morning show conversation. And we welcome you to the Thursday morning show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg. This is an exciting day, and yet what a bittersweet day as well. Very likely this is going to be the last time that I get to say that uh, we're welcoming to the morning show today the president of Gateway Technical College, Brian Albrecht. Brian Albrecht has uh, been a, a steady, consistent, and exciting part of the morning show for Uh, nearly all of his career at Gateway Technical College. We were just saying that even before he became president, when he first came to Gateway during the tenure of President Sam Borden, uh, Brian Albrecht was already making his presence known on the morning show and then eventually as president on a monthly basis, pretty much without fail, even through COVID and everything, uh, month after month, Brian Albrecht has been part of this program sharing the exciting story of Gateway and the many ways in which Gateway has grown by leaps and bounds over uh, the last uh, nearly 20 years that Brian Albrecht has been part of this school. So as many of you know, he is about to step down into much-deserved retirement, and uh, so very likely uh, this is the last time that we will be having at least a formal morning show conversation today. So most likely for the last time, Brian Albrecht, president of Gateway, we welcome you to the morning show. Good morning, Greg. Thank you so much for that very kind introduction. You have just always been a steadfast advocate and supporter for me personally and for all the work we do here at Gateway Technical College. And I'm just uh, like you, a little bittersweet (laughs) and and probably a little emotional thinking about what, what we're doing here today, kind of summarizing my career path here at Gateway Technical College. But um, it has been a delight and really a pleasure, and there are many things I'm going to miss at Gateway, this being at the top of the list <laughs> as our conversations each month about the success, success of the college. Well, of course, uh, it's uh, in the interest of full disclosure, your office is right across the hall, so it's <laughs> it's it's not a long walk. But you know what's <laughs> so great? Because I get here pretty early in the morning, and Dave McGrath's always behind the desk there, and, and we've waved to each other every single day, <laughs> so I don't even haven't even counted the number of days that is, but that's 19 years worth of waves every morning to Dave. <laughs> right. Well, and you you calculated uh, that it, it's been nearly 200 uh, morning show visits that you have, have, have made, and I suspect it's maybe even a little more than that, but it's been uh, tremendous to have all of these great conversations uh, over, over the years. So first of all, right off the bat, I think it's important for you to just kind of summarize the time that you have been uh, at Gateway what uh, what brought you to Gateway in the first place? How did you initially serve the college uh, before eventually becoming president? Yeah, I'd be happy to, Greg. You know, it's actually, it's been nearly half of my working life. So wow. 38 years in public education, started out as a teacher, taught at Cornell High School, and then over at Kiwani High School. 
Uh, did some coaching while I was there and uh, did some administration, led the career and technical education team at Kiwani High School, which introduced me to the Wisconsin Department of Public Construction. And uh, during that tenure of teaching, met a lot of the staff at DPI in Madison and ultimately was um, recruited to go up to DPI to serve as a consultant mm-hmm. for technical education. And at that time, there were just so many changes going on in public education, including things like tech prep, school to work, trying to align programs with technical colleges in the state of Wisconsin. And I was very fortunate to be involved in many of those discussions and really on the forefront of what we know today as our dual enrollment programs across the state. And uh, in that experience, was exposed to the Wisconsin Technical College State Board and represented the state superintendent, Bert Grover, at the time uh, on the state board. So I did get to meet a lot of the staff and administrators from Gateway in all of the 16 colleges. Uh, And I'm just curious, in that work as a consultant, were you traveling the state, I mean, or were they coming to you for expertise? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, there's actually an article that was written in a call a Tech Prep Newsletter. I'm probably one of the most unique uh, educators. I visited every school district in the state of Wisconsin. Mm. I was traveling on the road. There's at, At DPI, you get assigned vehicles, and so at some point in my travels, uh, the person that was doing the assigning just said, we're going to assign this car to you permanently, Brian, because you're always (laughs) in it. But that was one of the joys, though, to get around the state and meet so many great people and see all the diversity that we have in our school districts and the unique circumstances that they all play from very rural, small school districts like Florence, Wisconsin, to larger school districts like Racine and Kenosha. And at my at my level at the department, you know, I primarily was involved in teacher development, so a lot of professional development workshops. You know, I always kid around and tell people that, well, when, when they have an in-service day, what does that mean? It means mm-hmm. the teachers are going to a workshop, right, and they invite speakers in and uh, fortunately, at the DPI, there's no charge, so it's easy for school districts to call on someone from <laughs> DPI because it's not going to cost them anything. And right. So I, I did a lot of public speaking, and I think that helped me a great deal mm-hmm. uh, when I came to Gateway. Um, but that experience level gave me an exposure to how education works from a variety of different perspectives, K-12, early education, all the way through post-secondary uh, programming. And after I spent 16 years at the Department of Public Construction in many roles, consultant at first, then I led the tech prep effort for the state. I was the director of the school-to-work office and eventually became the division administrator, which um, fortunately for me, my boss was Governor Tony Evers. He was the state superintendent at the Mm. time. So I had a chance to work directly with Tony for all of those 16 years and uh, learned an awful lot about state government and had a chance to testify to the legislature and get involved in national efforts around skill standards and the alignment with Mm. education and industry. And that really resonated strongly with me because of my background, being a graduate of UW-Stout and uh, the whole idea of technical education. So when I had the opportunity to find out what Gateway was doing in the area of industry alignment and industry credentialing, um, I was really excited about that because uh, this was, like I said, 19 years ago. Uh, Gateway was a pioneer in developing of the National Manufacturing Skill Standards, the National IT Standards. Gateway was a test pilot site for all of that. And as you mentioned, Sam Borden was the president here, and Pat Flanagan was the vice president. And I met Pat at a couple of national conferences, and he said, you should really come and see what we're doing at Gateway. And 
one thing led to another. My role at DPI was to support school districts, so I spent a lot of time at Racine Unified and then was introduced to Gateway. And, boy, when, when I was invited to come to Gateway, I jumped on the occasion mm-hmm. because it's just so unique and what a special college it has been for me and has been for our nation for many years. So when you came to Gateway, it was in what capacity? Yeah, my job specifically was to help develop these buildings that we're in today, the Advanced mm. Technology Centers. So I worked uh, at that time. It was called CAD-I and BioCAD and Lakeview. We still oh, yeah. have Lakeview, but uh, BioCAD is now the Inspire Center. And, uh, of course, uh, CAD-I is now the IMED Center, and we've expanded greatly. We've got the Horizon Center, the Pike Creek Center, the Lincoln Center. So the goal was to build a curriculum base that aligned very strategically with local industries so that we could build out a, an experience for students that would better prepare them for the workforce with embedded industry certifications. Mm-hmm. Today we know them as our you know, Snap-on certification, maybe it's our Google certification, our Microsoft certification, our Train certification. Nearly every program at Gateway has some industry credential aligned with it today, which again makes Gateway unique and I would say a leading college in the nation in, in this space. So that was my job. Um, it evolved quickly. Um, I wasn't here very long, and Dr. Borden announced that he was going to be retiring. Uh, so I was uh, moved into a role of chief operating officer, which meant I had oversight in the development of the budget and all of the campuses and gave me a well-rounded experience, kind of thrown right into the, into the pool, right, to see what was ha- taking place at Gateway. And from there, uh, eventually, we went through a process similar to what we're going through today for the presidential search, and I became a candidate for the president of the college and and then was appointed in in, uh, 2006 as the president of Gateway. And I've never looked back because there's only good things going forward for this college, and I was so proud to be in that role at that time uh, with those people that helped build this capacity for me. I'm just curious, was it, I mean... (laughs) I was going to say, was it with any trepidation? I can't imagine there wasn't at least a little bit of trepidation oh. in terms of stepping into into a position like that. But obviously something about where you were at and where Gateway was at at that point in time, it felt like something you should go after. Yeah, I think probably the experiences. So as an example, part of my role at the Department of Public Construction was to oversee student organizations. So I'll just use one example, SkillsUSA. Well, Snap-on had been a very strong supporter and still is of SkillsUSA nationally mm-hmm. and locally. So they were a partner with, for me at in Kiwani where I was a teacher at the Department of Public Construction. So there was there was a relationship already mm-hmm. sort of um, that was starting to build for for all of this work. Um, but trepidation, no doubt about it. Uh, my wife, Lisa, and our daughter, Alyssa, stayed back in DeForest, Wisconsin, outside of Madison. Um, so we had two houses going on, one here, wow. one there. I commuted every Tuesday for volleyball games and Tuesdays and Thursdays for track meets. <laughs> and a, a lot of uh, Diet Mountain Dew was, was <laughs> consumed during that experience. But that was very difficult to, to do that. But found a place here, of course, and really... Um, began to generate uh, the level of engagement, and fortunately it all worked out great where Alyssa went off to school at Marquette, so this was geographically very close to that effort. Now Alyssa and her husband Anthony and their two boys have homes in Kenosha, so mm. Southeast Wisconsin became a part of, of definitely who we are. Lisa, as, as you might know, is a retired principal from West Osha Central, um, so we have really met a lot of great people and really been able to establish some roots here in Southeast Wisconsin. Mm. So speaking of Southeastern Wisconsin, uh they, of course, are right in the, the heart of the search process for your successor. So uh, for those who uh, are candidates to uh, follow you as president of, of Gateway, 
What would you tell them about this region of the state? I mean, what you have experienced during your presidency, what makes this uh, an exciting place to be and to work? You know, it's interesting. I've often thought that when people talk about technical education and Wisconsin technical colleges, for years they would say it's this best-kept secret, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like southeast Wisconsin. It is a very dynamic and growing and prosperous region of the state uh, on the shores of Lake Michigan with the interstate to connect some major metropolitan areas. Um, the economic impact that we have in this region is is, is very large and, and competes with many of the large cities across uh, the nation. So that dynamic influence, and we see it every day, right, you drive up and down the interstate and you see how all of the growth is taking place, that allows colleges like Gateway to continue to excel and to succeed because that's all around workforce and building prosperity for families. Uh, for me, though, it's always been inherent in its name in Gateway, this this transition point, whether you're in high school, going off to college for the first time, trying to find your pathway in what work is out there and available and building those linkages with our business partners. And then, of course, the degree pathways that we continue to grow so that people can accelerate in higher education. So I think it's the name gateway reflects the entire region, that this Mm. region is a gateway to family life, to making sure you have productive work life. And, of course, the, the fluidity of the, the region to allow people to experience very urban uh, activities, but very rural as well. I mean, it's great to go out to the Lakes region and go out to Twin Lakes or Lake Geneva, and it's just a very serene and mm. very nice uh, setting. So I think it, it has a lot to offer. For sure. For those of you just joining us, you're hearing the familiar voice of Brian Albrecht, uh, the most consistent uh, morning show guest we've had over the last few years for sure and especially during the 16 years he has served as Gateway Technical College's president but uh, President Albrecht will soon be president emeritus of Gateway Technical College he is about to retire and today at least very likely is his last visit to the morning show as as president Uh, so you're already kind of touching on this how would you say during your time at Gateway Gateway has changed. Oh, it's just night and day difference. I I remember when I first came to Gateway, and I thought I knew what technical colleges were all about, right, because I'd spent so much time working with them. But the dynamic faculty and staff that we have here continue to push innovative ideas for the college. Um, I mentioned dual enrollment as one example. That's what I did at the Department of Public Instruction. Gateway at that time, when I came here, we had 800 students involved in dual enrollment. This last year, Greg, 8,300 students. Wow. So just <laughs> just think about that trajectory of, of creating access points for individuals. Um, the facilities themselves have trans- been transformed over these years, uh, not, not just because of me, because we have a great facility staff and we have a great group of uh, administrative leaders that continue to seek investment in our buildings and our facilities, and they reflect current state-of-the-art skills that students need to learn. This building we're in today is filled with human patient simulation centers for healthcare, and same with the Lincoln Building, or if you went out to the Horizon Center, you see real-world diagnostics going on for the automotive and transportation industry, and down on the Racine campus, we have autonomous vehicles, and we probably have the largest collection of robots over at the IMED Center anywhere in southeast Wisconsin, (laughs) and all of that dynamic influence or lab experience for students only helps better prepare them for the work world that they're going into. So Gateway has changed uh, dramatically from that perspective. One thing that has not changed, though, and I can honestly say this, is the dedication and commitment that our faculty and staff have 
for the success of our students. They have always been focused on making sure that our students have the resources they need to be successful. And when you serve 20,000 students a year from all different walks of life, that's not easy to do. So very proud of everyone from student services, financial aid, faculty in the classroom, you know, our tutoring services. I could go down the list to make sure I acknowledge everyone for their work, and I think it's visible in the way Gateway presents itself to the community. So much more community involved and much more responsive to the needs of our community. Absolutely. And I have to say, as someone who has been at Gateway since 1986, I mean, it's scarcely recognizable as the same school in terms of just what an exciting, dynamic place this is. And uh, it's been amazing to to see that, and particularly over the last... Uh, 16 years or so. It's Thank It's you. been incredible. Uh, I'm about to ask you about you know some of the big high points uh, during your time at Gateway in terms of those kind of special events and milestones. But ahead of that, briefly, I think it's important for our listeners to understand more about the day-to-day. So, I mean, when you're coming in Monday through Friday and not cutting ribbons and shaking hands with luminaries and so on, what is the other part of this job, at least in a nutshell? That is a great question. And, you know, it's interesting because we are going through a search process and individuals that have some interest have been calling me and asking what it's like because you only see the external <laughs> viewpoint, right? So you get to see the ribbon cuttings or, you know, a picture in the paper, and those are all really great accolades for, for Gateway. But um, there is a lot of day-to-day work. It's working with legislators to help build out capacity for legislative changes. We're doing that currently. It's helping to assure that our budget is going to fit the needs of the college. So we've got to balance all of the expectations of our of our investors, our taxpayers. And it's raising money. Philanthropy is really a big part of it as well, working with our employers and our community to generate additional uh, funds with that. It's meeting with students to make sure that we're in alignment with their desires and goals and United Student Government and other others. And one of the things I pride myself on is the amount of time I spend in the classrooms with our students or just meeting them. The other day I had a chance to drive one of our CDL trucks, our semi trucks, and (laughs) met three students that were getting ready for their tests. And I'm like, I am so impressed with all of you because I am not very good at driving a semi. But Uh. so that that perspective of the day-to-day and then just the general policy uh, formats. Gateway's a large organization. um, So you've got, you know, policies around uh, HR and making sure that, especially now that we're making every effort we can to protect our campuses uh, from any sort of virus, but specifically COVID and the work we've done over the last year and remote work policies and, you know, all the best practices that we want to ensure. And then, of course, there's the sharing, and that means uh, community outreach. It's working with the nonprofit organizations currently in Kenosha, the Kin Neighborhood and the Brown Bank Initiative and the GED and the 509 program in Racine. And you can go down the list. There's always the the nonprofits, community-based organizations that, that need support, and Gateway is very active in, in all of those. So I have a, an exciting day every day. Uh, Liz and Kelly do such a great job of helping me better understand my schedule. Many times they're, we're oh, double booked on things, so we have a laptop going, my computer going, and then every once in a while the phone going at the same time trying to make sure that we meet the needs. But I wouldn't have it any other way because, to me, that demonstrates Gateway's value to the community we're, we're wanted for the services that we provide, and, and I'm happy to be the kind of the point person to help di- guide and direct some of that. Very good. Well, of course, beyond uh, all of that day-to-day stuff that you just now so uh, uh, effectively summarized, there are also those big red-letter days, special events, uh, ribbon cuttings, and uh, cornerstone layings, and so on. I mean, 
that's been really, really fun. And I should think over the course of a 16-year presidency, you have quite a long list of kind of red-letter days that you remember fondly. We do collectively as a community have a lot to celebrate, uh, and it just I've just been so fortunate to be here during some of the highlights over the last uh, almost two decades now, but some of the things that just resonate with me, I'm, I'm a 91.1 player, so when we, we did It's a Wonderful Life, I was a radio uh, radio actor. That is a highlight. I still have the CD. Steve Brown will be really happy to know that I gave him a shout-out for that. Mm. Those are things that are so unique that you don't get a chance to do in any other job, I don't right. think. Like this one, when I first started, we had the Milwaukee Brewers racing sausages on campus, so I got to race the sausages. <laughs> I mean, that kind of stuff just really sets it apart from other other jobs. But a few things that just really strike me when I think about the history of Gateway, um, we celebrated the 100th anniversary of Wisconsin's technical colleges at Gateway. It is the birthplace of vocational education in the state of Wisconsin. Hmm. Gateway was the first college funded. So um, that was very prideful. We had a lot of people that came in. We celebrated a century of service, and now we're at 111 years. So it just continues hmm. to grow. That was a big one. Launching of the Promise program resonates real strong with me, oh, yeah. uh, just trying to help create greater access points. And in that case, it's helping students that maybe had never considered going to college to have the financial support and able to, to, take, to take that next step. Now we serve over 800 Promise students here at Gateway, and we just brought on another 200 students this week uh, from that program. That program led to a lot of national recognition. We got some great accolades from President Obama as a result of that program. We were one of the first in the country to launch that. But that's not the only president that's been in touch with Gateway. I mean, <laughs> we were involved in when President Trump came and was at Snap-on. We had students on the stage for that whole event. Uh, when I first started here, the first week, I think, that I was here, President Bush was on campus. So we, we've been fortunate to be involved in a lot of national showcase events. Um, I remember when we were on uh, ABC World News Tonight and they brought the film crew down to the Racine campus. That was mm. pretty impressionable uh, for me. But also, like you said, the ribbon cuttings, the Horizon Center is the national um, model college uh, experience for automotive transportation. We have a 1,000 schools now that um, are part of a network that are offering snap-on certifications. And nearly every one of them have visited Gateway Technical College. Two weeks ago, we had 400 colleges uh, come and visit our campus. So that kind of effort. And you go down the list, the Hero Center over in Burlington. I remember 9-11. We have the I-beam from 9-11 at the Hero Center. And we had firefighters from California that were doing their run across America stop in Burlington, Wisconsin, and help us dedicate that building. And there's a tribute plaque on the wall from the Port Authority in, in New York recognizing Gateway for their commitment to veterans and to firefighters and protective services. Um, but you can go down the list. Pike Creek Center, when we opened that, we did a massive remodeling for that and focused on sustainability, which led to now the Center for Sustainability and Gateway being recognized as one of America's green colleges. So it's all of these different things that we've done have created new opportunities and new infrastructure for uh, for the college and, and broader for the entire community. But whether it's a center like IMET, world's most advanced industry 4.0 training center, uh, a school like Lakeview, which we're working really hard to add some additional capacity and build new facilities out for that, our student centers, our student life activities, international education, multicultural centers, Hispanic-serving institution, the list goes on and on of all the positive things. But I will say one of the greatest challenges has been uh, the last three or four years trying to adapt to COVID and to make mm. sure that we keep our campus safe. So the highlight for me is not that we're able to fight our way through this pandemic, but 
the response that our students and our faculty have had. So we had faculty and students that were working through the night, 3D printing masks when they were not available, making face shields in our fab lab, Mm. delivering them to hospitals and to police stations so that they could continue to do their work. Frontline service nurses that were doing the testing and the vaccinations. And if you went to any of the community clinics, it's likely that a gateway student was there issuing your vaccination. That effort, Mm. that effort is... So huge, and yet we don't always talk about it or describe it. I mean, I think at the moment we did, but now it's been a few years, so we kind of let that go. And the same thing happened way back in 1918, and I don't, people don't even know this, but Gateway was involved in creating um, products for the military you know, during the war time. Mm-hmm. So Gateway's been in, involved in local and national crises in the way that we rise above and leverage the resources we have just It's an amazing story, and I hope people never forget that. (laughs) Very, very well put. I know that one really important story that we've told time and time again here on The Morning Show, but I certainly never get tired of talking about it and helping to celebrate this fact, is that we have this blessing in our community of, of Gateway and Parkside and Carthage, and not only those three excellent schools, each distinct uh, institutions of higher learning, but that we have these three schools who have this marvelous collaborative working relationship. Uh, And that's just not something you see very often. I mean, it's all but unique what is going on here in southeastern Wisconsin. And I know that that's nothing you yourself created from scratch. You we're blessed to step into a situation in which that collaborative spirit was 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 already in place. But if anything, you have uh, overseen the strengthening of those those bonds. Tell us a little more about the significance of the relationship between these three schools and between the respective leaders of these three schools. It is it is so special. I have to share with you, Greg, that sometimes when you're in a position like like I'm so fortunate to be president and CEO of Gateway, uh, it can be a little bit lonely because there is only one. There's only one president of Gateway, right? And there's 1,200 presidents of community colleges across the nation. You see each other once a year, maybe at a conference, and you don't really spend a time building relationship. That's why this relationship with with Debbie and John is so special to me because they have taken the time we have collectively to get to know each other, to know the families that we represent, to talk with students that transfer from one institution to the other. And we built a a relationship that is symbolic of what higher education means for Southeast Wisconsin. It's not about one person, one individual. It's about this collective commitment that we've all made to enhance the lives of the students and the citizens that we serve. And so I want to thank uh, Chancellor Ford and President Swallow. Uh, They are consistently strong advocates for Gateway. Um, We would not have the Liberal Arts Pathway Program, which, by the way, took 110 years to get approved. And if it weren't for Chancellor Ford, she and I went to meet with the Board of Regents And she was a strong advocate and said, this is important for our community. And it wasn't about competition between where students are going to choose Gateway, Carthage, or Parkside. It's about it's good for our community. So that level of understanding of the differences of the institutions and the potential opportunity of the power of collaboration is what John and and Debbie bring to the organization. And I'll just summarize it by all you have to do is look at the Higher Education Regional Alliance, HERA. Mm. 
which is a collection of all 18 two-year and four-year colleges. And look at the leadership development of that. I've been honored to be a part of it from the beginning, served as the committee chair. John served as the president of the organization. Debbie's a committee chair for the organization. So in southeast Wisconsin, uh, Gateway, Parkside, and Carthage have really elevated their visibility mm-hmm. uh, in higher education leadership. And that's a testament to our collaborative effort, and it's benefiting students and citizens throughout the entire region. And I think what you're suggesting is that you are, by example, kind of leading the way. I mean, leading other schools to perhaps seek those so. same kind of I, collaborations. I don't see it anywhere else in in the state the way that we have it, nor in the nation. Now, there are some great models. I think you know UW-Milwaukee works with METC, um, but I just feel that there's something unique and special. We're all on the same nonprofit boards together. We serve our workforce boards together, so we see each other often. And just geography, we're all within, you know, three miles of each other. So so, uh, we get a chance to participate in each other's campus activities. Right. Well, and I think you also touched on the fact that it perhaps helps that it's three distinct schools. I mean, each have a particular purpose. I mean, they're all part of the kind of the grand overall purpose, but each school is different from the other. And that helps you to see this as a little less competition and more an opportunity for collaboration. Yeah, absolutely. I Just a few weeks ago, one of our strongest graduates here, Megan Barr, who serves on the Wisconsin Technical College State Board, was a local trustee, recent graduate of Gateway, is now a transfer student at UW-Parkside. So Megan and I went with to meet with Debbie, and Debbie gave us a whole tour of the Parkside campus, and we were talking about the same things, right? Mm-hmm. Megan's going to continue to work for Gateway as a tutor, but she's also going to work over at Parkside, and she's going to be an advocate for the transfer. There's just so many different synergies that can happen between the institutions. For those of you just joining us, we have as our guest today on The Morning Show, Brian Albrecht, the president of Gateway Technical College, but not for much longer. He has announced his retirement, of course, some months ago and uh, steps down relatively soon. Yeah, in fact, today um, our Board of Trustees Ad Hoc Committee is doing some candidate screening. Uh, We'll have some interviews scheduled for next week, and then, you know, by early September, we'll invite candidates to campus to meet our community. And so I I can see the end of the runway, (laughs) and I'm I'm thinking I better start pushing the lift off gears pretty quick here. But we'll begin the process of uh, cleaning up a few things in the office and closing out some of the activities that I've been involved in very soon. Hmm. So... For the sake of listeners from the community who obviously are not going to know Gateway uh, the way that you do, uh, what would be something that the typical listener would find as, as maybe a big surprise about Gateway, something that the average member of the community might not know? Yeah, that's a great question, and I usually use that in a little trivia when I meet with students as well, but Mm. I I did mention it earlier. One thing that is quite unique is um, Gateway is the first two-year publicly funded school in Wisconsin and most likely in in America. In 1911, the state legislature passed uh, a piece of legislation that had two pathways. One, communities of over 5,000 residents could impose a tax to support what was called a continuation school. Racine was the first community to do that. Hmm. So the very first continuation school in Wisconsin in 1911 was formed in Racine as a part of the high school. It would have been called the vocational school for the high school. Eventually became Gateway Technical College over time. Kenosha was second in 1912. 
Um, but with that, that authorization allowed the development of technical education for a changing economy, very similar to what we're seeing today, right? Um, that's why we have a tax base for the technical colleges. So the history started in our community and still sustains mm. today. The mission was always to promote workforce development to gr- for a growing economy. Same mission we have today. Mm. Programs are different. Facilities are different. But the same basic premise to all of that. The other path, though, which is surprising, the other path of that legislation was to start Wisconsin's apprenticeship program, which also launched the nation's apprenticeship program. So Gateway Technical College got involved in apprenticeship in 1911. Uh, Again, one of the very first in the nation. So when we say we're a model college, we're kind of first leading, uh, there's there's no question we are. History will tell you that. But I would say going forward in the future will also tell you that we are very innovative in creating new pathways for for students. But one other thing I'll share with everyone real quick is that uh, Gateway at one time did have sports. We were members of the Junior Athletic Conference, mm-hmm. and we won the championship in basketball. And I hope <laughs> Chuck Wood is listening because I think he would remember this. But we were called the Gateway Lakers. Um, then for many years we had no sports but we created a mascot uh, a few years ago under under our leadership here, and now we're the Gateway Red Hawks. And the concept is to build an identity so that people can associate themselves with, with Gateway. So Rudy the Red Hawk has been a really strong part of my vision here at Gateway to build synergy between all of our campuses and to let our community know that they, too, can be a part of Gateway. Excellent. So tell us uh, for a moment about the business partnerships that, we're actually even kind of a part of your own DNA even before you became part of uh, Gateway Technical College. What kind of a difference has it made having those vibrant partnerships that I know you love to talk about? You know, it, it goes back to what I just said about the history of Gateway. The reason that the continuation schools were founded and the reason that we have Gateway today is because the economy was changing and we couldn't find a skilled workforce to meet those needs. It's different today. Now it's advanced manufacturing, IT, cybersecurity, you know, the list goes on. Um, but the only way we know what those skill sets are is to be aligned with industry. So we must have really deep-rooted um, partnerships with our industries. Fortunately, in this region, Gateway does, right? Mm-hmm. So we're 111. You know, SCJ, they're 130, and Snap-on's 102. And everybody's that 100-plus century <laughs> mark marker, which gives us a legacy that we've grown up together in this region. Um, but for me, the difference is many industry partnerships resort to an advisory capacity that here's what we need. Can you provide this for us, Gateway or school, right? Ours is much deeper than that. We also want to know what we need to do to improve our services, but we say, will you help us? Can we have access to your technical expertise? Can we put our faculty in your facilities to better understand that? Can we design curriculum that's going to best prepare your workforce? So the customization of the classroom experience that we've created the partnerships to create internships, and, of course, the philanthropy to invest in Gateway so that we represent your industry at its highest level. That's why when you walk down uh, the campus in Kenosha, you see the highest quality HVAC systems building automation. You see the Kennel Protective Services Center that is world class. You can see it in the facilities, and that's the community's investment to make sure that our students are getting the real-world experience they deserve. I know that... uh If or when you talk to candidates to succeed you as president, one of the things you would want to tell them is how significant being involved in the community is. You already have highlighted that, 
but what would you say the role of that has been in terms of your presidency to be out in the community? What kind of a difference has that made? Yeah, I try to remind our own staff internally, and of course anyone interested in serving Gateway would be that, yes, we're, we're a community college, right? We're called Gateway Technical College, but our mission is really focused on service to the community. And there are jobs that are expected as a part of the president, like you're required to serve on the workforce board. And you know, so those required activities, those are enriching and fulfilling in themselves. But the key to success would be to become a part of the community. So make sure that you're at those events and those meetings and those boards where you don't have to be. So get involved in the food shelters and make sure you understand how some of the challenges that that individuals are facing and how can we be better prepared to respond to our community's needs. The only way to do that is to become a part of the community and not be seen as the college that we go to when there's a crisis. It's got to be something that is woven into the DNA of Gateway. So I tell people the best part about my job is that community engagement and meeting people that I likely would not have met in my normal responsibilities of serving the college. Mm. It's those those unconventional experiences that make a big difference. So where do you see Gateway going in uh, the next three to five years? And I also want to attach to that question where do you see yourself in terms of Gateway? I mean, at the end, we'll talk about your plans sure. for retirement. But do you foresee yourself playing some kind of role with Gateway um, over the next several years? Or or do you think it's wiser for you to step away completely? I, I hope that uh, Gateway, the community, the next president... Uh, feels that I can continue to add value, I, I want to stay involved in Gateway. I think anyone that spent half their work life you know, serving an institution always will have this sort of Gateway DNA that's built into you, and it's made such a profound impact on our family. I, I've told you this many times, but our two grandsons, Brian and Logan, they go to every child's place, so I see them on the Kenosha <laughs> campus every day. Yesterday, little Brian went to the Law Enforcement Academy and got his little junior badge. That was really mm-hmm. fun. Um, our son-in-law, Anthony, is a Gateway grad in the aviation program, and he's a corporate pilot. Uh, so we will always have a Gateway presence in our family, which is so important. But if I can do anything to serve the college as, uh, as the outgoing president, President Emeritus, um, you know, working with community organizations, volunteering with the foundation, I definitely want to do that. I have agreed to uh, stay on as an advisor for however long the next president feels it's important. Mm. Uh, they might be done with me in a day, but maybe it'll take a couple <laughs> of months. I'm, I'm happy to do that. And part of the key to success of the next presidency will be to understand how decisions and why decisions were made. Right? It's always difficult when you come in and say, why did we do that? We shouldn't be doing that. Well, there's history behind everything. Mm-hmm. And if I can just share a little bit of the history with the next person and say, here are the dynamics that were going on. That's why the decision was made. Maybe the dynamics are different today and you want to change it. But at that time, this was really important. And here's, here's why. I see nothing but uh, blue skies for Gateway going forward. I can't imagine. We've got a really strong financial base. So proud of that. We've got a nice reserve account so there can be new things added to the college. We have a really engaged um, faculty and staff with our, you know, with our new interest-based dialogue uh, efforts that we've got going. We've got a strategic plan that is in its second year, so lots of great ideas. We're on the verge of a Hispanic-serving institution. We've got a focus and a laser-sharp focus on student success and recruitment and enrollment. So I think 
you know, when I look at Gateway a year from now, I will smile yeah. that all of these ideas continue to flourish. One thing that occurred to me in terms of what, what has been a sobering reality for anybody involved in higher education, especially certain kinds of schools of higher education, is this thing called the demographic cliff. And for our listeners who don't know what that is, that's several years down the road. Uh, the number of, of young people who are 18, that will drop off rather drastically. And uh, it has to do with a lot of demographic things. But, I mean, like you look at right now, I suppose, the freshmen or the sophomores or whatever, but you're starting to see that just there just aren't as weren't as many people being born. And so I should think for schools that mostly are 18-year-old graduates from high school, it's really sobering and they have to make really serious plans for that. I should think Gateway is impacted a little less because it isn't – just 18-year-olds. Maybe it's not even mostly 18-year-olds that walk through the You're door. You're so right, Greg. It's um, So when I got my doctorate degree, it was explained that that's your terminal degree, right? You're done now. You don't have to go to school anymore. That is not the case for anything that happens in the in the world outside of education. There are no terminal degrees. So your associate degree, your bachelor's degree, whatever you've earned five years from now will need to be refreshed. There's mm. always upskilling that needs to take place. We are not a terminal degree institution. We're a transfer degree institution that we will help transfer your life into better skills, into greater opportunities, prosperity. We can help you leverage your credits into further education. So many ways in which we can help transfer and transform your life all at the same time. But it is all about upskilling and reskilling. Uh, any pick a profession, even you know, being look at all the digital controllers that you have today, right? That's going to be different again tomorrow. We're mm-hmm. learning podcasts, and we're learning cybersecurity, and we're learning how the internet plays in all of our occupations. And so, I think Gateway's mission is as true today as it was a hundred years ago, and will be true a hundred years from now. That it's about helping people obtain the skills and credentials to be able to be successful in their work life. Mm-hmm. So I want to give you the opportunity, uh, as our time begins to draw to a close, uh, to share uh, maybe several personal memories that uh, stand out from you in terms of your time here at Gateway and particularly your time uh, as president over the last 16 years. And I suspect that some of those special personal memories include special people that you've been blessed to work with. Well, you're so right, Greg. I mean, it's sort of cliche, right? People say, what are you going to miss the most? And the answer is the people. No doubt about it. It will be the people of Gateway. So many people have helped me be successful here, our college be successful, and influence my thinking on life and change the way that I uh, attempt to provide leadership in a community. Wherever we end up, I know that I will respond differently to needs of the community, become more involved in understanding the educational opportunities that communities provide. And it just gives you a whole different vantage point to to have been in service like, like this. But so many great memories of the people, of course, that's number one. And currently, the leadership team that I serve with, they're the reason that we continue to be successful. We've all been together for 10 years or more. There's a few new ones. Tammy Summers is the newest. But um, they continue to be strong advocates and the collective vision that we've set. Our board of trustees, it starts there. They're always, they've always been supportive of me, even during some most challenging times. They've continued to allow me to be uh, unique in the way that I approach uh, problem solving for the college and 
to share our story, both locally, nationally. Um, they're, they're very supportive of that. But when I think about sort of those magic moments, it is the celebration of the families that have been successful at Gateway. So graduation times, we've talked about it before, um, commencement services, meeting new cohorts of students, which we've done this week. And I'll never forget the time where I presented uh, our son-in-law, Anthony, his diploma. That was Whoa. really emotional for me. And I know what it must be like then for parents in the audience to see their sons and daughters and moms and dads go across the stage because those impressionable moments to say there is something that I've accomplished that uh, will help change my life for the better. So lots <laughs> of great memories like that. And uh, just spending time on campus. I, I love spending time on campus. Hmm. So maybe that's one of the things you'll do as uh, retirement now looms for you. I mean, we've already talked about the matter of of you remaining to some extent involved with Gateway Technical College and all that is going on here. But aside from that, what do you envision uh, for retirement? Yeah, absolutely. So like I mentioned, Lisa retired three years ago, so we're definitely going to get out and do a little traveling. Uh, We want to you know, kind of experience the world outside of a conference setting, which most of my traveling has been at conferences and giving speeches. So we're looking forward to that. Our home uh, is in Tomahawk, Wisconsin. So we really enjoy the North Woods and being on the waters. We're going to be doing a lot of that. And of course, our grandkids are here in Kenosha. So we'll be always have one one foot in Kenosha. We want to help do everything we can to support Alyssa and Anthony and and the development of Brian and Logan, they, their futures are so bright, and it's our responsibility as adults to make sure that we help create even more positive pathways for them. So we'll do that. But I am going to stay involved in some of the nonprofit work that we have here in southeast Wisconsin, a few of the boards. I want to stay active in the Mahone Fund and help provide access to underprivileged students and creating educational support, financial support. Many of the hospital boards that I'm on, I will stay actively involved in that because that's around community. Um, I hope maybe I can review uh, applications of scholarships for gateway students down the road, too. But I will always be a part of the success of the college and and look for ways to continue to be an advocate for helping everyone understand the value of Gateway. Was it hard to decide to retire? I mean, was it a difficult difficult. decision? Yes, very difficult. it was not open and shut? And, you know, we did it together. Zena Hayward, our provost, and I, we've talked about it for several months. And then COVID hit. And it was like we feel like we're abandoning people if we leave now. So we wanted to stay until we got to a point where we felt confident that the college was on a on a continued growth path. And um, this was the right time. This is we've got some some great opportunities. And like I mentioned, all of the foundational pieces of a solid staff, uh, a great culture, a solid uh, financial base, those are the tenants you look for to hand the baton off. <laughs> and that's not always the case in many institutions. So to be able to to have that choice to retire when I want to retire in leaving the college in a good place, I couldn't ask for a better scenario. So, mm. But it was difficult, yes. Yeah. <laughs> So the final moments uh, we give to you for anything that you want to say to the community that you have been serving so energetically and selflessly uh, over the last 16 years. Well, first of all, I just want to say to everyone listening and to all of our community throughout the entire globe that has had a gateway uh, touch point, my deep gratitude for your support and, and commitment to our success over the years. Nothing happens by one person. We recognize that. I think it's easier said than done, and it's just so been so blessed to be able to kind of raise the flag and be the storyteller for Gateway, mm. and the story that I tell is yours. So I remind our community that uh, Gateway is your community's college. 
it will be what you want it to be. So if you're involved, if you're actively engaged and you have concerns, questions, issues, opportunities for Gateway, I encourage you to seek those out and look to Gateway as one of those very unique and special resources that can build a community from the inside out. So um, thank you very much, Gateway, and thank you, Greg, for your continued support to help allow me to share the story through, uh, through the radio station. Thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure and honor to have you as uh, such a frequent guest over these uh, many, many years. And uh, I hope one of these days it will make sense for you to come back on the morning show. The welcome mat is always on to you. And uh, on behalf of all of us here at the station, thank you for your support of WGTD. And uh, on behalf of the community, thank you for all that you have done for Gateway and our community. Uh, You're going to be missed. Thank you, my friend.